what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Gentlemen, welcome to episode 51, volume 3 of the greatest podcast in all of Western North Carolina, Big Fan. My name is Chad East, and I'm a big fan of air guitar solos, 50-year-old surprise birthday parties, and the finest 80s actress in all of the world, Elizabeth Shue. Oh, I love Elizabeth Shue. Thank you for bringing that to me. My name's Hank Eimer, and I'm a big fan of campaign slash politicians imploding on themselves. Listeners getting invited to participate in the big fan and making every excuse not to confront the hosts. And Ronald Acuna Jr. apologizing to no one. Wow. Very good stuff. Got a lot of things to talk about today, Hank. Before we start, though, I would like to dedicate episode 51 of Big Fan to one of our dear friends, their dog, Bosco, who was a member of their family for 17 years, passed away this past week. And I know it's hurt them. And we're all thinking about them. And before we start, Hank, this one is for Bosco. Thank you. Thank you for that moment of silence, Hank. That was perfect. That one was for Bosco. Anyway, so here we go. We started with Elizabeth Shue, Hank. Let me tell you why I put Elizabeth Shue on my big fan of uh, positives for the week. Did you know Elizabeth Shue turned 57 years young on Monday? How old does that make you feel that you know Elizabeth Shue just turned 57 years young? Well, it makes me feel pretty young because she was like a college student when I was Googling her when I was six. (laughs) So it doesn't make me feel too bad. Okay, very true. And let's talk about let's talk about some of her finest performances because I will tell you, when we talk about mad crushes. When you're growing up, my mad crush was on Elizabeth Shue. First of all, I guess you got to start with Karate Kid. That's where, you know, she's the rich girl and she go, she hangs out with the poor boy and she still loves him for who he is and all this stuff. Plus, she had this awesome house. They hung out at the beach all the time. They got to play at golf and stuff all the time and play the putt-putts and ride the go-karts. What a life Elizabeth Shue lived in uh, in this movie. She was, you know, the all-American girl. Would you say Karate Kid was your first, is when you first fell in love with Elizabeth Shue? Oh, you know, Karate Kid was obviously the first one because she was like the girl next door, kind of like, you know, wholesome. And, um, you know, by far that's when it started. But, you know, the cocktail movie, which, you know, I probably saw it a little young, but come on now, you know, that's when you, you really start to see her as an adult. Um, she she also banged out the Back to the Future ones. Can't leave those two out, you know, those few out. But I got to tell you, if we're going to go to, like, which one was my favorite, she was really sexy in The Saint. Do you remember her oh, in The Saint? Oh, of course I remember her in The Saint. She was fantastic in The Saint, yes. Oh, yeah. She oh, was I'm fantastic st- in The I Saint. I still can't get cocktail out of my mind. I'm just thinking about, like, she was fun. She's at the bar. She's drinking. Hang out with the bartender. They go under this waterfall. I mean, yeah, your young eyes should not have viewed that movie, Hank. That was way too old for you at that time. You probably were about like nine years old then. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. You see, you know, that was the problem. You, when you're the youngest of five, you kind of, kind of like duck and cover. Sure. You can like, next thing you know, you're down in the basement for four hours. Your parents don't know where you were. You've been watching cocktail, maybe Porky's. Maybe I Porky's. Know. I was trying to say Porky's or Revenge of the Nerds is right there. Fast times at Richmond High. You never know what you're going to fall into when you're the youngest of five. But anyway, so this one goes out to Elizabeth, Elizabeth Shue as well. 57 years young. We're proud of you, Elizabeth. Oh, and actually one that I don't think she gets enough credit for. I think she was nominated for maybe an, an uh, supporting actress. Do you remember Leaving Las Vegas? Oh, it was, oh I've only seen it once because I don't think I could ever watch it again. But whoo, that's a dark movie. But she was excellent in that movie for sure. Very she dark. was excellent. Yeah. She was. Okay, Hank. Well, thanks to Elizabeth Shue and thanks to, to Bosco. And let's move on with your list here, buddy. What else you got on your list? Let's talk about it. Well, you know, we're we are a very fun and light podcast, but I, I think humor in this time of year is certainly, uh, you can find it anywhere. And the campaigns and the politicians imploding on themselves, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but the idea of what they're trying to sell us and how they're trying to sell us in these ads, in their debates, it is, I mean, it is now comical. And I think that people are out there just, you know, putting their hands against their face and saying, what in the world is going on on both sides of the aisle? You know, I mean, I'm not talking, there is not one, there is not one candidate that I'm going to single out one way or the other. It is just amazing. In Senate race, you've got, uh, you know, you've got a, sexting affairs. You've got, you know, you've got everything out there and it is just, you know, comical to watch these guys try to dig themselves out of these dark places that they're out of and still ask the American people to put me in office. I mean, I, it, it, these next few months, I'm just back and enjoy them for what they are. Which is a reality show. So, um, yeah, I won't add much more, but wouldn't it be great instead of spending all this money on these promotional campaigns where they've got, you know, advertising dollars, probably in the millions. And I'm talking about everybody in all the races from the senators to the, you know, to the on the national stage and use that money and help some of the people that are struggling right now. Wouldn't that make more sense than spending a million dollars on this ad for Kyle Cunningham? You know, what I mean, I've heard Cal Cunningham's name three million times. I don't even know Cal Cunningham, but take some of that money and help some people that. They need a little help right now, but anyway, that's my two cents. I say, I say, they take that money and they put it into a a large UFC uh, <laughs> type ring, and each each person gains office based on the outcome. And you have weapons in there, and you Ooh. can put all kinds of stuff in there. You could have you could have mace. You could have like you know uh, maybe a machete in there, sure. some chains, some and just let chucks. them go at. It. Yeah, I, I think I would rather see somebody. I, I could get behind somebody that whoops somebody's tail in a UFC uh, ring. And think about if you, you know, maybe you do it for free, or it's like a pay per per pay per view event when everybody everybody just has to pay five bucks, dude. It would be the high, the most watched, most viewed television event of all time, and they're raising all this money. That money could go to something very charitable as well. Man, we're on oh, to something I, here. Hey. I got we're on to something. I got even better. I got even better. You don't have to. It's not pay-per-view. You don't have to pay to do it. You just have to vote. You have to make sure you vote. You get it for free. Wow. Hey, vote. You get it for free. What if the guy you voted for, though, got murdered in the ring by some nunchucks and throwing stars? Then what happens then? Are you just out of luck? 
I, I guess you got to go with it. it, it there'd be kind of like a betting thing. So maybe you lost out on Cal Cunningham, but you're yeah. going to gain it on Virginia Fox or something. Uh, I don't know. Makes sense. I don't me. know. I'll have to figure that out. But I think we're on to something here. Next election, that's what we're going to do. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, Hank, just don't plan on uh, running for office or, you know, a position next year, because I'd hate for you to be the first person in that ring. And so it's like you against Lawrence Thompson for the Senate race. I could just see you at LT just throwing blows and their tennis rackets out, baseball bats oh, to the death. You know, you listen, you'd want to be the you'd want to do it next year because you get to go against the old people. Like I'd want to be pitted against, <laughs> you know, Bernie. Or somebody like that, or you just have to like kick them and they go down. So now I I, yeah. I want to get in early. I don't want there to be like UFC fighters to figure this out and say, you know what, I'm going to be a congressman and start beating everybody up. Good point. Or like the Rock enters, you know, because he's got political aspirations, and you're matched up against the Rock for the uh, third Congress seat in Catawba County. Yeah, so I understand you want to avoid that by all by all means. Yeah, I don't want any part of the rock. I can tell you that right now. I've seen Jumanji too many times. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Buddy, so yesterday we're coming to our audience, uh, you know, live here from Wednesday. I think it's October the 7th, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, as of yesterday, we lost a living legend in the, mus- in the musical world. And actually, uh, he was known as a rock god. He was Eddie Van Halen. And let me just spend a couple times, uh, a couple minutes here to share what, Eddie Van Halen meant to me. And so I wasn't a guitar player. I was more of a dancer. And when I was growing up and so, but I could, I could realize when someone was really special. And every time you heard Eddie Van Halen play his guitar, you were like, whoa, there is just something different about this guy. And so growing up, I was an MTV head, meaning anytime I was home, if we weren't playing sports or out doing whatever. I was watching MTV. I wanted to see the newest videos, hear the latest music. I wanted to be a part of it. And I will never forget, obviously, I think it was the, the it was 1984 and the, the video Jump came out. Of course, that was the number one smash. Actually, I think it was Van Halen's first number one song, which was pretty awesome. They would have it on MTV going all the time. And then it would lead into where I really fell in with Eddie Van Halen's guitar riffs. He was the guy that played the guitar on Michael Jackson's Beat It. Do you remember that guitar riff? That was, I mean, that's classic. And so I mentioned air guitar solos in my intro. I got on stage my fifth grade year at a summer camp. And this, I was a shy dude. I was such a shy dude. But I got on stage because that music gave me inspiration. And I played the air guitar solo on an old Wilson staff tennis racket. You know, we're air guitaring. And so I'm, I'm just playing that solo, and I was up against my brother. You know, it's I defeat him easily. A little boy named Brady Dennis, Abby Presley. I don't know if you remember Abby Presley. She was in the mix. A guy named Adam Timberlake, he joined on stage. Anyway, we were all competing for that air guitar gold, that trophy. And because of that Eddie Van Halen beat it riff, I brought it home, Hank. Fifth grade gold. Fifth grade gold. That a boy. Yes. Way to go. Thank you, Eddie. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie, you know, Jump obviously is an iconic song and, um, you know, but you got to think in 84, you know, I was, I was eight, right? And I was starting to watch MTV and although I love Jump, I really like Hop for Teacher. That that video changed boys to men real quick. 
Absolutely. That was actually David Lee Roth's last song with the, the Van Halen, and then he went out on his solo career. But that's the other great thing. I didn't really mention it because you mentioned it for me. There are videos. Who really cared about the music? There were so many just beautiful women in all their videos. You know, that's why I watch yeah. MTV all the time. You know, and actually, Hank, breaking news, breaking news, we have a special musician, a, a musical guest who is, I want to say, the big fans kind of music aficionado. He's our producer, the one and only Andrew Moose, who's going to share a little bit about what Eddie Van Halen meant to him and actually to music in general. Moose, uh, you got the floor. Oh, thanks, guys. What's up, big friend nation? Um, yeah, that's a big loss this week with uh, losing Eddie Van Halen. That was just uh, – it was just kind of a, a kick. I knew he wasn't doing well. He died of throat cancer. Um, so that, cancer, that was right? just kind throat of – What's that? Throat and tongue. I think – you know. They yeah, have, something like that. Yeah, don't smoke like, cigarettes, kids. Yep. Um, but, yeah, you know, he grew up in the L.A. music scene and um, – you know, at really early and um, just kind of pressed on. They they formed Van Halen and, um, you know, he really like ch- changed the way a lot of people play that electrical pl- guitar, you know, just play the instruments, the way they, you know, the way that he, his style, his tone, the, the way he, his presence on stage, you know, uh, all that stuff was, has been emulated and still is being emulated. You know, right. you can walk into any, any watering hole in Northwest Hickory and hear somebody do uh, the eruption solo. Y'all want to hear that? Here it goes. Absolutely. So, you know, like that that guy, just the way that he played the instrument, his tone, you know, everything else is just, it was special. And, you know, I, we lost a good one. You know, that was a, th- those type guys don't come around very often. And, you know, it's, and not just only his music, you know, he's got, you know, he's got patents on yeah. guitar parts and things like that. You know, it's like, so like everything that revolves around the electric guitar in the last, you know, 30 or so years, you know, Eddie Van Halen definitely touched. And, you know, his ability, like you guys mentioned before, with Michael Jackson and LL Cool J and everybody else, like he was able to transcend genres, which is, you know, a lot of people can't do that. So only um, thanks for letting only, me jump in your podcast, man. No, thank you, Moose. I appreciate the insight. Like, you make a good point. Only rock gods can jump between genres and find popularity in R&B, hip-hop, rock and roll, hard rock, there's only a few. And he was definitely one of the few. So uh, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Thanks for uh, helping me grow up, helping me win that air guitar contest. I think it was sixth grade, bringing a little confidence to my life. And thank you, obviously, for the joy you brought to everyone's life with your music. Hank, you want to say anything else about Eddie Van Halen? Yeah, you know, I think it's funny when it's special when people that have a talent like that find what they're supposed to be good at. You know, I mean, we can look in all, you know, whether it's art or sing, you know, like 
uh, vocals or even sports, you know, the Michael Phelps of the world and how they dominate the Tiger Woods of the world and how they dominate, and, you know, like him and, you know, uh, other musicians that, you know, are, were lucky enough that they find their way to something that they're passionate about because it creates icons opposed to anything else. So there's people out there that are playing musicians. There's people out there that are good athletes. There's very few people that become icons of, you know, an entire genre because you can look at, you know, Van Halen, you know, you could ask people that are in rap, that are in rock, that are in reggae, that are in country. They know him. They appreciate what he's done for music. They, and, and, you know, that's, that's something special. Not everybody can do that. Absolutely. So before we leave this, um, this topic, have you ever heard if you want to do something, if you want to be an expert in your field at something, you have to put in X amount of hours. I think, is it 10,000 hours of practice at something to be the top of your field at something? Have you heard that phrase before? No, I 10,000 hours. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I did not, I, it might, I might be overblowing the 10,000 hours. Maybe it's less than that. But anyway, I was listening to Howard Stern today. And so they had this whole uh, intro about Eddie Van Halen and about, you know, what he's, how he did to, to be an expert in his craft. So he had 10,000 hours of practice before he was like 20 some years old. All he would do was work on playing that guitar. He would tear guitars apart. He'd build them back together. He'd tear, if it sounded great, he'd tear it apart to make it sound like a, a, a different instrument. He could play the violin on an electric guitar. The dude was just pretty incredible. My question to you, Hank, if you were going to dedicate 10,000 hours to something so you could be the absolute best, the absolute best, and let's say Eddie Van Halen had 40,000 hours, who knows how much, all you, we're looking from you, Hank, is a measly 10,000 hours. What would you dedicate yourself to? 10,000 hours God. is a lot of time, Hank. It's a lot of time. You're talking about 40, we, we're talking about 43 year old Hank? No, no, no. Oh, that's, let's, let's, okay. Let's, let's, uh, let's make this an eight. Let's make this a 12 year old Hank. 12 year old Hank has well, a passion for something, is ready to dedicate. 10,000 hours to it to be the best. You know, there'd be two things. There'd be two things that I come right off the top of my mind. First one obviously would be baseball. I think if you, if you, if you picked a sport that you love, you got to find something you love. And that's something that I loved. And I loved it when I was little. And if I were to pick something, that would be something I want to do. The other thing is I really love comedy. I love it. (laughs) I love it. I love a funny show. I love a good joke. I love a great prank. And uh, I think I could put 10,000 hours into uh, learning how to be funny and maybe go down that route because I love comedy, man. That's a perfect answer because, you know, some of these comedians and Howard Stern is one of them. I mean, I know he's a, a radio personality, but he's a comedian as well. He said he honed his craft, putting in 10,000 hours of, you know, trying to tell jokes and be funny. It's not necessarily like a joke with a punchline. It's, it's kind of, cause you are a funny guy, Hank. Like Pete, you say something and it's typically, you've been in a slump lately, but typically, you know, you'll say something that'll put us on the right track to something being humorous, you know? So could, you know, you've, you probably put in about 23 hours so far. So to get that 10,000, I want you to stop selling real estate. 
You know, I want you to move away. I want you to be gone for about 12 years and come back and try to be funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't think you're going to be able to carry this song, this show for another two months if that's the case, but it's okay. I'll make sure that I try everything in my ability to get it done. But uh, how about you? What's 12 yep, so year old Chad up to? 12 year and let's even start earlier. Let's say an eight year old Chad. And this is funny, but this is what I, I really feel like I, I would have started early. I could have done this. I would have liked to been been involved in like drama. I would have liked to been some type of actor or something that would put me on a stage, you know, whether it be acting or some type of dance, dancing or musician, something that I could be on stage performing in front of people. Just like, you, you know, you want to be a comedian, maybe on stage in front of folks. That's what I would like to do. But not as a comedian, I'd want to be a dancer or an actor or something like that, musician. The second thing is, I would really, I think if I would have started early, I think I could be a professional golfer. <laughs> look at that look you just gave me. So I think I have the mentality for it. And I do not have the game by any means. But if I practice 10,000 hours at swinging a club or putting the ball, or, you know, putting myself in different circumstances in a bunker here, or I'm in the rough there. I physically, with those 10,000 hours, I think I could, I would like to be a golfer because I have the head to be able to handle some stressful situations. And so I think if I had the physical ability, which I definitely do not, Hank, I am not any, I'm by any means necessary a good golfer, but with 10,000 hours, I think I could be pretty good at that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so those, I don't know. I think yeah. uh, I think if you gave yourself uh, that much time, your game could be much better than it is because it's. I, I haven't seen it of late, but I know your game, and it, it's it's not seen tens of hours. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it's not. And right now, I listen. I think you'd be great on stage, um, but if if you were to try this now, you could possibly be a ventriloquist, maybe a mime, but you would have to start way earlier than eight, nine to uh, get that leading man, because I can only imagine you in the uh, early nineties and uh, maybe you would have had uh, a good shot at Kate getting a screeches role on Saved by the Bell, but uh, you're no AC Slater. I can tell you that. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Um, I was thinking more of the Tom Cruise role in Cocktail besides Elizabeth, beside Elizabeth Shue, Hank. That was the kind of, that's the role I was looking for. And you know what? If I don't make it as a mime or ventriloquist, I can juggle. I didn't know if you know this, but I could definitely juggle. So can you see me on stage just juggling some bowling pins or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. That yeah. seems like more of your speed. Very good. Well, saying on the golf theme real quick. So this past weekend, I was fortunate enough to be able to go on this golf trip with some dudes, which was pretty remarkable, Hank. Uh, we went to this incredible club where it's first class all the way. The golf, it was just exceptional. Uh, it's in the mountains of North Carolina, and we picked probably the most the most premier weekend of all weekends. The temperature didn't get above 65. It was sunshine we had short sleeves on and we're in october and it's six guys against six guys playing Ryder cup style golf and uh 
you know, Hank, I don't have my 10,000 hours in as a golfer, you know, but I had enough, Hank, enough hours in to bring home that gold too, sir. We are, we were the champs. Our Ryder Cup team defeated the other Ryder Cup team basically in a blowout. It wasn't even close. So, um, you know, I don't think I'm too far away from uh, that professional golfing career that I've been dreaming about, you know? What do you yeah, think about yeah, that? Yeah, you're, you're, let, let, me, let me tell you something. You're far from it. But let me ask a question about this week, okay? So um, where you guys played golf, beautiful place, obviously, in the mountains. You probably had great weather. It was sunny and beautiful. Um, all these guys you know fairly well. There's a couple of guys you didn't know real well, but – you know, uh, you know, just a handful, maybe not known as well as some of the others, sure. but, um, you know, when you, uh, when you go somewhere and you're, you're, uh, you're with your boys, you have a tendency to have late nights and maybe sit down and throw a card or two, or, you know, it, it never stops with dinner is let me just put it that way. <laughs> And um, I don't know if this crowd was ready for the chat East that well, I've seen on multiple beach trips or uh, just maybe a Thursday night at Lake Hickory Country Club. But right. did we keep it calm or did we uh, not let the uh, the new guys throw us off our game? So great question, Hank. Um, this was a golf trip. And so our, our, you know, our mind was on our money. Our money was on our mind, Hank. And so I knew we'd have to get up early every morning. So instead of the four o'clockers that we have pushed at the beach in prior years, sometimes the six o'clockers where you just don't even go to sleep, just go straight to the golf course. That couldn't happen on this trip. What we did, we acted like professionals. We acted like mature uh, adults. We acted like fathers. We went to bed. We ate dinner. We played some poker a little bit, but we were off, you know, to normal we're off to our beds by 2 a.m one night by 12 30 the second night so as we grow and focus on this professional golf game that i'm trying to achieve i'm going to start going to bed earlier and earlier each beach trip most people wouldn't say 2 a.m is a normal time i'm just gonna i'm just gonna throw that out there okay and your 12.30 on the second day is a hungover 12.30. So that's not a normal time. So, you know, let's be real. Let's, let's be realistic here, okay? That's a very good point, Hank. Let's just say we, we all took care of our business. We did what we had to do to get up early in the morning and to finish the round. Because on Saturday, we did play 27 holes. And that is a long, long day when you start at like 9.30 and you finish at 7. That's a long day of golf. But it was well worth it. Congratulations to the victors. I'm sorry to the losers. Y'all get us next year, maybe. Just work on your game. Put in those 10,000 hours. Get better. That's all I can say to you is get better. Hank, yeah. I want to hey. say a couple things about a, a wonderful an organization in town called Time Genies. Time Genies. We're talking about this. Do it. We're going to talk about this 10,000 hours. Well, you know, if you could move some of your stuff over to the time genie so they could help organize the time you need to do, like walking the dog or picking up the laundry or organizing whatever you need to have organized in your life, you can focus your other time on becoming that comedian you've always wanted to be. Hank, take it from there. You know what, Chad? You beat me to the punch because I was going to say 10,000 hours doesn't happen alone. And if you don't have anybody in your life that cares to take off that weight, you can 
go to Time Genie and Time Genie will do that for you. And you can visit their site at www.time-genies.com and learn more about their program. But you know what? This is going to get you ahead in life, Chad. Absolutely. Thank you to our sponsor, Time Genies. And Hank, um, moving forward here, I want to tell you about an event I went to a couple, I guess it was about two or three weeks ago, and I'm sure you've been in the same place before. So you're invited to a, a birthday party, and you'll know some of the people there. It's, it's, your, it's your wife's friend. It's your friend too, but your wife started the relationship, and you know the place you're going to be is you'll know maybe half the people, some of them very well, some of them not so well, and some of them you've never met at all, right? So it's a party. We're talking about we're going to a party. In this instance, it's a surprise 50th birthday party. The venue, so nobody worries here about social distancing and masks. It was outside of this big area with cornhole and it was a pool. It was really, really nice place that everybody's masked up and everybody's self, uh, self-distancing. So nobody worry about that. But, you know, have you ever been to the party where you start to you listen to the conversations, you shake a couple hands, or actually you don't shake hands in this situation, a couple elbow bumps or whatever you got to do, and you start noticing, hey, man, I've been to this party before. They're in the corner, and I'm going to go through the five different types of party people that I've met, and I, you know, you can apply this to a million parties that you've been to. They're in the corner. That's the quiet guy. He's the guy who came with his wife. He's walking around with her. She's the one that knows everybody. He's walking right by her side, maybe sipping on a beer. He's got his finger foods, but he's not really engaging or talking to anybody. He's just with his wife and, you know, kind enough guy. I call him the quiet guy. He keeps to himself, hangs with his wife. Next dude, we call him the business guy. He's the guy that you come up to and he says, hey, man, what do you do for a living? And as soon as you tell him what you do for a living, he springs into what he does for a living. And the conversation basically is, hey, I want you, I want to tell you about me and how I make my money. That's we call him the business guy, Hank. Okay. Next guy, this is the this guy's great because he's the sports guy. So you go inside at the party and the ball game's on. Alabama's playing Georgia, and he's uh, standing. He's standing like in front of the TV. Nothing else really matters around him. And a big play pops off, and he knows the running back who ran the touchdown, the offensive lineman who sprang the block, the coach who uh, who created the play. He knows how many people are in the stadium at one time. He knows when the, that team won the last national championship. He is the sports guy, right? Next, you've got the drunk guy. This is the dude. He's been at the party. He was the first one to get there because it was free alcohol. He's basically holding on to the wall, and you go up to to introduce yourself to him. And he's a nice enough guy, but he can barely talk. He's trying to get out of there to go smoke a cigarette in the driveway. He's the drunk guy. And sometimes you can mix the drunk guy with the sports guy. You feel what I'm saying? The combo there, mm-hmm. drunk sports guy. Sometimes you even throw the business guy in there. So you got them. Then the last guy, you got the emotional guy. Here's the guy you have never met in your life. And you sit down to introduce yourself. And within about two minutes, he starts spilling his guts about everything that's on his mind, whether it's his relationship with his wife, whether his kid is struggling in third grade uh, math, math, uh, mathematics, uh, whether, you know, he's been laid off for his job or he's been uh, 
you know, just been recently and had a DUI. This is the guy that tells you every single thing about him. And you do not know. You met him for three minutes, three minutes, Hank, before yeah. we move on to tell. So you can explain to me, you know, who's the guy you avoid? Who's the guy you go hang out with? Do you have any other guys on this list that you would like to add to the quiet um, guy, business guy, sports yeah. guy, drunk guy, emotional guy? Yeah, you, you've got the touchy feely guy who guy or girl is grabbing you by the back of the neck and talking to you a little bit. You know, he's close talking, even though everybody's social distancing. You know, he wants to know who everybody is so he can go up and talk to him. OK, but that brings me to the other guy name name dropper. And ha- social like predator has to know everybody is so he can get on their Instagram, they can get on their Facebook, he can get he's working it, right? Those are two people you add, which I'd add. Okay. Both dangerous guys, okay? Dangerous guys. So can I can I give you a little recap? You know, I wh- while you're sitting here talking to me about the five other guys, I had notes just pop into my head. So I can have some sort of explanation of him. And this is my thought process behind it. Number one, quiet guy just got yelled at at his wife, probably in the driveway. Okay. She not like something he did earlier today. And she is going to tell it. And if he messes up her time at her friend's party, it's going to be hell to pay. Okay. Let me add, let me add to that too. Quiet guy could have been on a guy's trip last week. He was trying to say, no, no, I don't want to go on this trip to this birthday party that I don't know anybody. She was like, you you get your ass in the car, and so now, right, he, quiet guy. He, had, you know, there you go, there you go. He dog yeah. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that that, and to be completely honest, quiet guy. We'll go back to him. Never mind. Okay, number two, business guy, right? Business guy. Within the first two minutes, tells you about his MBA. Okay, he tells you where <laughs> he got it, and and how long it took him to do it, and which company that he worked for then paid for it. Okay. The other thing is, is he is at some point at the night going to say, thanks for quarterbacking this. Okay. That is something that he's going to say because he says it on a, on a zoom call 45 times a day. Okay. You got it. Oh yes. I got it. So good. So good. Okay. Number three, the sports guy, wife doesn't let him do anything. All he can do is sit in front of a TV, check his iPad, no stats, knows third quarterback. But the one thing that he does do, fantasy football. So he's the guy that everybody calls about, who do I need to pick up this week for my third string tight end? But his wife does not let him do anything. Yes, perfect, perfect. Okay, drunk guy. He's going through some stuff right now, okay? I mean, drunk guy's going through some stuff. It may not look it on the self surface, but he's battling some demons. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to stay late with him, okay? Because that's where the weird crap comes into play, okay? So you do not want to stay late with this gentleman. You want to stay as far away. You want the first two or three shots with him, but you don't want to go down the alley. And that is bad for you because you like to stay late. So you're going to have to avoid this guy at all costs, okay? Drunk guy, by all means, yes. Okay. Number five is emotional guy, okay? Emotional guy is pre-drunk guy, okay? He's going to, okay? Once he talks to you about his child doing poorly at school or something like that, now you've gained rapport. Now he wants to take those few shots with you. So you take those shots with that gentleman, and then you walk away promptly not to be entertaining drunk guy, okay? You see how they mesh? Absolutely. Emotional guy, there's two stages of these guys. They're the same person. Absolutely. Okay. So, yes, 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 so yes. You're, 
you were getting ready to ask the question, who do I hang out there with? You hang out with quiet guy. You know why? He's going to end up saying, you know what? This party is not that bad. I'm glad I found you. My wife just yelled at me in my Jeep outside and I'm here to party. You're here to party. Let's have a good time. Okay. He comes with no baggage. He's a normal guy. He met, he it pisses off his wife. All of us do that. Come on. Very true. Good point. That's who you hang out with. Yeah. Drunk guy and emotional guy, you stay away from. Okay. Sports guy's the last resort. And if it's just you and business guy, you'll walk out of the house. What if it's sports guy and business guy, the only two guys there? Who do you gravitate to? I mean, I mean, you got to go to one or the other. You you have no choice. Who do you go to? Oh, it's definitely going to be sports guy. At least I can have some common ground with him. Very true. Very true. And, you know, it's funny, like, well, so how all these guys can mesh. I mean, you did a perfect – you gave a perfect explanation of how the emotional guy can turn into the drunk guy or you can even vice versa. The drunk guy, he's already drunk. You might get with him and he might start pouring all his emotions on you immediately. You know, I mean, sure. the sports guy, drunk guy combo, I see it all the time. Well, God dang, I look at this list. I fall into each and every single one of these categories that sometimes during the night, Hank. So, sure. you know, I'm like the, the, I guess the best or the worst of all worlds because I find myself in all of these situations where it's not only the people I'm talking to are this way, but sometimes you have to look in the mirror and realize I'm drunk guy. I'm emotional guy. Yeah. I'm quiet guy. I'm sports guy. I'm business guy. What does that make me, Hank? Does that make me a monster? It does make you a monster. It makes you the Swiss army knife of guy at a party. <laughs> That's good. You can put into anything you want. And thank you for, uh, for pulling all those together. Can I tell you about another guy that I, I kind of have a problem with now? Last week, we got a lot of grief from one of our uh, listeners. Okay, One of our listeners decided to really take the gloves off and really start punching hard. Okay. And you know, I, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, if he's willing to get in the ring and, um, you know, put his money where his mouth is. Okay. So we invited this gentleman to come on the show today and, um, I don't see him. Okay. We invited him last show and we said it on the show. We said, we'd love to have him on there. I've made a call to him, said, we'd love him on there. He said, absolutely. Call him today. And I said, Hey, you coming on? He was like, you couldn't call me before today. I was like, I told you two weeks ago. So these excuses are going to keep piling up. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to entertain him too much. Well, Hank, um, I did speak to this gentleman this morning, too, and uh, he kind of hinted that you would have this reaction on the podcast. And I did tell him, in all fairness, we should, like, if we wanted him on the podcast probably a week ago, even though we did announce it to the world that he would be coming on two weeks ago, we should have reassured him or reaffirmed our want in having him. So what I'd like to do at this time, two weeks from now, I would like to invite Mr. Michael Banks Jr. to our podcast. We, he can bring whatever he'd like to talk about. You know, uh, we're here for him. The invitation, if it's all right with you, Hank, because you are my second in command here right after the captain. I sit in the captain seat. You're over there in the co-captain seat. I would like to invite him to be a part of this podcast. Two weeks from Wednesday, and uh, let's have a hell of a show. Are you okay. down with that? Listen, I'm, I'm not going to spend time on uh, on whether he was ducking or not. I, I want him to come in with material that we can talk about and be a part of the show. So I'll, I'll let, let's, you know, good. That was a great invitation, Robin, to my Batman. <laughs> and I um, look forward to having him on the show if he'll come on the show. I think yeah. that's good. 
Yes. All right. Thank you, Wonder Woman. Now, this is the last thing I want to talk to during during our podcast. And as I mentioned to you before, prior to our podcast, Furniture Market, which, you know, has been this is this is crazy. How all these things are happening. So it was canceled in April. Now it's it's on Hank. Furniture Market starts next week. And for me, that's a big deal because, you know, I print uh, for the furniture industry and they it's scary because you're going to have people from. I don't know how many people are going to come, but. People from all over the world are supposedly coming, and so uh, I'm gonna mask up. I'm gonna do everything I need to do to be safe, but you know they're gonna give it a try. Whether anyway, that's what's ha- that's reality. Everybody's gonna give it a try. Right. So uh, that's I'm, we're getting ready to start that next week. So I'm gonna have to take care of a couple of things. But before I do, let's talk about Halloween. You know, we have never experienced the Halloween like we're gonna have uh, have in a few weeks where we'll trip. Will trick or treating exist, Hank? Will there be trick or treating? Sixth Street has said they are not participating. Or yeah. certain houses on Sixth Street, there's already signs on houses that said that they are not. Now, you know, for our listeners outside of the Hickory bubble, mm-hmm. Sixth Street is probably one of the most trafficked street in in Northwest Hickory when it comes to handing out candy, and um, they're houses out there that said we are not participating in Halloween due to COVID. Now, I don't know if that's the whole street or if that's just individuals taking that stand, but uh, certainly people are saying we're not going to do it. Right. Right. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do on Halloween now that, uh, you know, we're under this, you know, this dark cloud of COVID. Uh, Are you going to, you and Harris going to hit the, hit the streets and go. We've always done our neighborhood. Yeah. And so I think, uh, I think I'm going to go, to, we're going to go to houses that feel comfortable with us yeah. going. We're going to have masks on. We're not going to be in groups. They can throw the candy at us for all we care. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that uh, we're outside doing something and we have to be smart about, you know, distancing and stuff like that. Sure. I think the numbers are going to be, to be completely honest, I think a lot of people are going to be out to give themselves something to do. And with the amount of houses that are choosing not to, it's going to mean, you know, if you're, if you're handing out candy, you're going to hand out a bunch of candy. So um, I think we're going to try, but be safe at it as well, because we want to make sure our house is safe. Um, how about y'all? Yeah. Oh, we, we know that we're dressing up what we do and where we go. We have no idea as of yet, but uh, we'll be somewhere with some costumes on, even if it's just like immediately in our, in our little neighborhood here, just walking around, we're going to be out and about. So yeah, we, we're going to, we're going to do our uh, our Halloween stuff for sure. Well, Hank, have a fantastic Halloween. We'll actually speak to you prior to our, our next uh, during our next podcast. And to all our listeners, enjoy the rest of October. Uh, we'll come to you in two weeks, and we'll have a special guest, Michael Banks, along with us. And again, we'd like to dedicate this uh, this podcast to the one and only, the OG dog in our neighborhood, Mr. Bosco. Uh, you're in a better place. Thank you for giving us uh, 17 years of love. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, 
music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.